0: Not physically naked, but spiritually naked is the topic for this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now, here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: Hello, everyone. You're watching Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and in the studio, we have my friends Sebastian Kelly and Siku, and we are talking about the topic of biblical sexuality. It is a sensitive subject matter, so if you have minors in the area, we're going to give you a little bit of a heads up, and you may want to clear out the room in the car or switch to something else and come back to us later, uh, but viewer discretion is advised. On our episode, we're looking at the concept of spiritual nakedness. So. Mm. This is our episode's title, Being Naked, and we are in a arc, 13-week arc, on looking at the topic of biblical sexuality. So, if you're here for some other nefarious purpose, you can switch to another channel. But here, (laughs) we're going to look at the Bible. Amen, friends? The Bible is what we're going to read. And so, um, Sebastian, can you pray for us?
2: Yes, we need it. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we are so privileged to be able to study your word, and Lord, this topic is perhaps uncomfortable in ways that it needs to be and in ways maybe that it doesn't. But Lord, we just pray that the Spirit of God that Jesus promised would guide us into all truth as we converse today is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Um, we're going to go to Scripture, and but we uh, before we actually get there, a secret, I'm going to ask uh, Callie, if you can kind of, we actually had a great episode uh, last, last episode, and if you can kind of give us a recap, mm-hmm. because a lot of that will impact what we're talking about today. And if you've been watching, this is your first episode here, and you're like, whoa, what are these guys talking about? The backgrounds, you know, it's got this, you know, pink stuff going on, like this, <laughs> this kind of, it is, this is a very risque subject, but we believe it's very important because Scripture talks about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some some highlights that you remember from our last episode.
3: Yeah, so the first episode, we talked about how we're all influenced by scripts. Mm -hmm. So this idea that there are explicitly stated, but also not so explicitly stated, rules of how we talk about certain things, how we hold ourselves, and even about sexuality. So there are scripts that we're told by, by social media, or by movies, or by people we're related to, or by our friends, but also there are scripts that are found in scripture. And ultimately, we came to the conclusion that we shouldn't rely on ourselves or even things that we see in the world as our standards of what we should think is the proper script, mm-hmm. but instead we should evaluate all of them by the mm-hmm. Word of God. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, a sexuality is one of those topics that once you see in Scripture that you see it really everywhere. Right. And that sexuality is a very, it's a sacred topic to talk about. And so mm-hmm. this is the premise that we're coming from. We don't want to take this topic lightly or frivolously. And we want, there are, there are some real-time applications and lessons that we can we can th- come away with. Um, Siku, I know our verse is Psalms 139, but I'd like to switch gears and go to another verse <gasps> where where we find our episode title coming from. Let's go to Genesis chapter um, 3, Genesis chapter 3, and I think that would probably be better that, that mm-hmm. set up our, our conversation here. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, and Siku, if you can read for, for us, and then we'll go to Psalms 139 also. Okay. But,
1: um. Verse six says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this verse uh, a little bit. Spend some time here. Um, I don't know about you guys, but but the first time I read this first one, I was a little kid. I was just like, you know, the giggles come <laughs> out, and we're like, and just trying to like, how how <laughs> does what what like? It's just like there's a huge disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, tell me more about this verse, guys. Share share this verse with
3: yeah. Well, I think Allie. something that's interesting very right very beginning. Um, um, in, in verse 7, it doesn't say that their eyes were open and they became naked, mm-hmm. it's that their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. Mm-hmm. So, there was something, it wasn't something that physically happened of their nakedness, it was this something that was fine became not fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea of nakedness too is just like, it's it's okay to be open even, and just using the word nakedness loosely to talk about like, you know, sharing vulnerability and things like that. Mm-hmm. Of It's okay to be that way unless you want to hide something for whatever reason, good reason, bad reason, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's like they were open and it was fine, but they they realized that to them it was no longer fine mm-hmm. um, because of what happened in this experience. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to buttress Callie's um, point in
1: chapter two, verse 25, I mean, it's stated explicitly, mm-hmm. yep. Um, Genesis two twenty-five says, yes. and they were both naked, yes. the man and his wife. Yes. But then it says, and were not ashamed. Yes. So it was—it wasn't the physical reality of being naked because they already said that they were naked. Yeah. Yeah. But what happened in verse seven of chapter three was not at a physical level per se. Yes, but it was as a result of what what happened in the previous verses, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they had this realization that, you know, they had an <laughs> encounter that led them to a different metaphysical experience.
0: Okay. So, so on a very literal level, uh, mm-hmm. we find in other passages that they were clothed with glory and what that looks like, I don't know. Uh, but... <laughs> On, on a spiritual level, this is this is just this this transcends just a they're not wearing clothes, right? right. This right. is something more than that. I think that's the point we're trying to get to. <laughs> yeah, yep.
2: and I was just going to add to that when the Bible says at the very beginning of the verse it says, then the eyes of both of them were opened, right? Mm-hmm. So this is not suggesting that they were blind, mm-hmm. right? So there's a recognition that the the author is trying to communicate to us that there was a re- revelation that just took place as a result of this sin. Mm-hmm. And so this nakedness as a revelation wasn't so much that they realized that they were naked as much as it's contrasting that verse 25 that Siku was talking about. So this the eyes being opened is like, well, they knew that they were naked, but then they went to sew fig leaves. So you see the contrast between being naked and not ashamed, being naked, knowing you're naked, and being like, well, we need to sew coverings. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a, a feeling of, you know, as Callie used the word, exposure, that has come from the result of sin in the human experience. It's completely changed our relationship with vulnerability—it's mm-hmm. completely changed our relationship with being exposed.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you because the, the, these concepts of, of shame is emerging from this conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What what is shame? And how does that differ from? I'm sure that the Bible doesn't talk about it, but you see evidence of it. There's guilt going on here. Mm-hmm. There's he's hiding. We mm-hmm. have the we have some the concepts of of uh, secrecy and it, which is just it's a very comical passage in a sense. Like God, right. who knows everything, who sees everything, yeah, and like, then oh, he's hiding in a bush. Huh. You know, some <laughs> boxwood bush, and then he's like here, and he's hiding. <laughs> and, and God's like, where are you? And he answers like, I'm just like this is not making sense <laughs> on any rational right. level. Right. So this is not this this has this has nothing to do with the physical world. There's no mm-hmm. really hiding and whatnot. This is not hide and go seek, but there is a, there's a lot of spiritual firsts that are coming out, mm-hmm. spiritual problems. Yep. There's a yeah. diagnosis of, mm-hmm. of shame, of guilt, of secrecy, of of privacy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Tell me more about this, Callie. And then so I'll talk special. about
3: shame and guilt. So shame and guilt are sometimes used interchangeably, but they're not the same thing. Mm. Guilt is focused more outward, like I did something bad and this action or this experience hurt someone or okay. things like that. And it's kind of like, this is something I did, but it's not who I am. Okay. And shame is like more identity focused. Okay. So I did something. Now I am a terrible person and I feel very
2: terrible inwardly.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. One is more ontological and one is more existential. Okay. Yeah. That's how I process. Good words. Okay. Yeah, good.
2: <laughs> and when you're, when you're looking at this, the very idea that they were covering themselves, right? This self-focus tells you, building off of Callie's point that I'm sorry, what I did, but I am a mistake, not that I made a mistake, Mm -hmm. right? So, to me, if they were focused on, I made a mistake, I need to go talk to God because I made a mistake, right? But in my sense, it's like, well, I need to cover myself. Mm -hmm. So, it is, me who needs to be changed, adjusted, addressed, Mm -hmm. not so much the one who gave me the prohibition that I just violated. Mm -hmm. So now I shifted from this was an act that was a bad decision, to I myself have now fundamentally changed my own Mm -hmm. self-perception. And to me that self-perception is what builds into the irrationality of what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. that this is where people find themselves in shame, hiding from safety, hiding from the safest person they could probably find, Mm -hmm. and that's what shame will eventually lead you to. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and and just a small thing that really helps me remember this is, a really beautiful relationship between I'll, I'll use myself as an example between like a daughter and a father is not I messed up my dad's gonna kill me it's I messed up I need to call my dad mm-hmm. and just that shift mm. mm-hmm.
0: which which, uh, which I know you're probably getting, getting into but just to make that obvious mm-hmm. in our relationship with God yeah is, 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 is God. to be totally as you mentioned vulnerable and raw with God mm-hmm. yeah say like, God I messed up. Or even in the midst of temptation, Lord, yep. I'm being tempted right now. Please help me. Like right I want to <laughs> do this, I want to be this, I'm I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. But I know, but Lord, there's something on me that I just know there's something wrong with this. Like even being that raw with God, That's right. allows for 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 the for the blessing of the Lord to enter into that point. Mm-hmm. But 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 just like Genesis three, we we kind of hide in a little boxwood bush, thinking up, we can. Like, we? God doesn't know what's happening in my heart. Like it, <laughs> that, that r- ridiculous story is happening to us all the time. Yeah, I just
1: want to say, like, the, th- this is powerful because, es- especially in a lot of Christians' experience, conflating this idea of shame and guilt, mm-hmm. um, we can walk around feeling kind of holy because we have shame, you know, mm-hmm. and feeling like there's there's kind of like a superiority to my Christian experience because I have, oh, woe is me, I'm such a horrible person. And, mm. but, I understand. Yeah, but in reality, shame keeps us away from the one who could actually help us with the problem that Mm -hmm. we're experiencing Mm -hmm. And so my dad my dad will always say to me um you are not a mistake you made a mistake Mm -hmm. but you are not a mistake and that distinction and and realizing that Yes, I made a mistake but this is, uh, this is not necessarily my identity and that's actually thanks to what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. He has made it possible that even though we made a mistake, He has offered us redemption right in Jesus Christ and so we don't have to identify as the mistake. Right. So it's possible for Him to love the sinner and hate the sin and He wants us to have that experience in and of ourselves so that we can come to Him who can then remove the sin from
2: mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it Beautiful. was just going to connect exactly what Siku describing as what we looked at in episode one on the scripts right and you see how when the script is based on shame and that's the director right of your experience you're going to see a complete shift in your whole relationship with god which is directly what's going to feed into perversion sexually that's gonna feed into problems with intimacy because there is no such thing as intimacy without vulnerability. Mm-hmm. There, and you have to overcome shame in order to really deepen your intimacy with any person in your life. Mm-hmm. But as long as I have shame and I'm a mistake, I can never accept your compliments. Mm-hmm. I can never accept your love. I can never accept your service because no matter what you do, it's never changing who I believe I am. And I, I think that is the, the the real critical script shift that's happening, you know, with sin coming into their experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it seems like the two the ver- the is it vertical vertical yeah. <laughs> and the horizontal really really correspond and correlate with each other. Mm-hmm. That ru- vulnerability and mm-hmm. that, that that clearness we have with God interacts uh, impacts my my relationship with my wife,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: that vulnerability allows me to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. and and that sets the the parameter for sexuality. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. Correct. we're come
0: back after the break we're going to look at Psalms 139 and to look at how God who sees everything and knows everything and how we can be vulnerable with this kind of God and that impacts our, our sexual behavior I'm Justin Kim you're watching Inverse we'll see you after the break
1: has Inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions comments or feedback you'd like to leave us find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook Twitter Instagram or YouTube While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is inversebible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: Hey, welcome back. We're looking at the topic of shame and vulnerability. In some, sen- in some sense, it's it's these are pop words. But what what we're finding is these concepts have been around since the Garden of yep. Eden. Yes. And we need it in our day and age, especially with media as you are watching on social media or on, on TV or or whatnot. Uh, we live in a, such a plastic world, we need real quality relationships. That sounds as cliche as that sounds. But it's still true. We really do. Mm-hmm. And these quality relationships is not perfect with Perfect, but mm-hmm. imperfect. Imperfect, yet uh, seeing each other. In, and I and I love what your dad says. Your your dad is a, is a wise man. He, he quotes some good stuff there. Uh, uh, about that. You are not a mistake. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a good takeaway. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Psalms 139. If that's our, with you all, mm-hmm. Psalms 139. We're going to go to verses 1 through 6. And CQ, if you could yep. grace us with a reading of that. Sure. It
1: says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you really continue with the rest of the chapter, it continues with that and we can we can look at it, right. uh, but really, it's that God is is everywhere. Uh, a theme, of, of, of a phrase that's repeated in in that in that chapter is even there, right? Even yep. there, even there, even there. He's everywhere, here, there, everywhere, everywhere. Yep. So, uh, so Sebastian, tell us about it.
2: Well, the first the first thing that you notice is the when God is doing something in these verses on the other side is what is mine, mm. right? So it's like you have searched me, so that's the person. And then verse two, you know my sitting down and my rising up. Mm. So there becomes this issue immediately from this text, right? If you're a person like me who likes to be very private, right? This idea of privacy and sec- you know, secrecy is a little bit, I think sometimes even we can confuse the ideas because to think that God is like, yeah, I know this, I know this, that's yours. (laughs) And the idea of privacy is this is mine. And my sister, Growing up, um, she was the only girl. And for her, it was like privacy was like the world for her, as all her brothers, right? We're like trying to bust in her room and see what she's doing and where she's playing, and she's like, Get out of my room, right? Is so Is that
0: okay you can share this stuff with her? All this private <laughs> secret stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, just to make sure. We're we're
2: good now. Okay. We're good now. Now, okay, now. Yes. Back then, <laughs> ten years ago, I would not be able to share okay, this. Okay, okay. I would have a car waiting for me outside the studio. <laughs> so CNC, CNC. you you look at the the idea that we were trying to intrude with that which was hers Mm. and crossing into that space Mm. and so i think we we when we look at the idea of vulnerability that's really the question that immediately emerges right is if i'm going to be vulnerable if i'm going to be naked in a sense and not ashamed how does that interact so much with my privacy in terms and also At what point am I veering off into a dangerous place of secrecy, right, concealing, which is what Adam and Eve were doing, Mm -hmm. right? I'm gonna cover up my nakedness as if that's really gonna solve the problem, which we know in the text, it didn't, mm-hmm. and they knew that.
0: Um, Siku, can you help us parse out the difference between, you mentioned privacy and secrecy, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sebastian, parse out those two. They, they are similar, but they're also different.
1: I mean, it goes with what Sebastian was talking mm-hmm. about. I think, like, privacy with what is mine, like, so this is within my my realm, and it it's none of your business, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, really. Um, whereas secrecy has to do with this is your business, but I'm withholding it from you, mm-hmm. right? So mm. um, there it, it may concern my life, but I know that you would be interested and have an interest, have a vested interest in knowing this, mm. right? And then me withholding that makes it a secret now. So Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what have you done? Mm-hmm. They disobeyed God, right? <laughs> so that is his business, you know, mm. and they're trying to withhold from him something that is part of his business. Yes, it was their actions, but it concerns mm-hmm. him. Whereas with privacy, like we're saying, you're rising up, you're my down sitting, my uprising, mm. um, God still respects, you know, our individuality, there are things that that go with who you are and that are rightfully yours and that should
0: be awesome. private. Awesome. Just parenthetical, while you were speaking, I was just thinking like when God was saying, you know, where are you? You know, as as the God who knows all things and has access to all things, he could have just bypassed. Like, I know everything and, 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 and you are bad. And, yeah. and the, yeah. You know, judge, right. uh, what is it? Judge, executioner, and, and jury, <laughs> jury all yep. together. But he's like, where are you? You know, but he <laughs> yeah. starts so the nice. conversation <laughs> in a very grace-oriented yeah. way mm-hmm. and he already knows where Adam and Eve, I mean, they're cowering. I don't know why it's a boxwood bush in my mind, but it's it's a box. He <laughs> loves these wood. things. I don't know. He, they're cowering, and so he doesn't he's almost, he's he's, um, approaching this abused, you know, those YouTube videos with the abused dog, you don't just grab the dog by, he's he's approaching with some gentleness there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's let's, look at Psalms 139. Yeah,
2: Yeah, sorry, your your comment just really sparked this picture in my mind of the vulnerability that God is bringing in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? Here He is divine, like I could just lay it all out because I am God, and yet my willingness to respond to your secrecy with my own vulnerability, Mm-hmm. Right. When clearly Adam and Eve are not safe. Right. These are not people that you're like, oh, let me expose myself. Mm-hmm. But God is like, where are you? Right. He's risking rejection, mm-hmm. which is what Adam says. Oh, I was afraid and I hid myself because I heard you. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you're hiding from me. Like, what did oh, I, I do? Mm-hmm. Right. And so just recognizing that the the interaction of Adam and Eve's lack of vulnerability with God's vulnerability mm-hmm. in that experience gives us a recipe of we as Christians, when we find our security in Christ, mm-hmm. what we are able to do for those who are grappling with shame Mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's go to Psalms 139, and let's parse out some more stuff there. What can we mine out there, Callie, as we look at the principles of vulnerability, of nakedness? What does 139 reveal to us?
3: Yeah, and verses 1 through 6, there's different sections here, but that first section is really talking about the thoroughness of God's knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's not just like doing like a flyby, like, oh, I see you're somewhere over there. Okay, moving on. But it's just like, I know, I know, like even just sitting down and rising up, like those are very... (laughs) I'm saying mundane things right, about your right. life. Like I just, I got up to get a glass of water. Like it's not a big deal. I'm just mm. I'm moving. But like God, <laughs> even, even there, even, <laughs> even there. that's right. God knows. And I remember studying this passage a while ago and I really didn't understand verse six. I'm like, okay, hey, just random exclamation. That's, that's fine. I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's too high for you. Um, but seeing it in, in this realm of, of how much God knows us. And it's not just he knows and he does nothing else. It's not just like, I'm just like this database that just gathers data and then it's like, I just know that's all you need to know. <laughs> but like God loves us so much, mm-hmm. even though he knows all those things. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that he's, he's investigating. He's like, are you worthy of my love? Okay, you're not. No, he didn't. Are you worthy? Mm. No. He's like, he's getting all of this information. He knows all of this. And then he still places his hand on top of us and behind and before us and holds us mm-hmm. and that is knowledge too wonderful for me? Mm. That is how I cannot attain to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so just understanding Mm. the thoroughness as well as the depth of His love, it's again, even that's a vulnerable place mm-hmm. because God has invested in us an ability to reject Him because that's what love requires, mm-hmm. and so God pours out all of His reconnaissance, right? If you want to use all, like mm. he's, he's focusing Green all terms. of this. <laughs> he loves us so deeply, and then He's and then He says things like, "Where are you?" Mm-hmm. and "Can I can I come be with you?" Will you please, as my my husband recently preached, "Would you please let me love you?" Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
0: a passage after this, you kind of almost have to kind of like. Just kind of stop, yeah, and just pause, yeah, and Mm I have that, you know, awkward air silence on TV, (laughs) yeah. But in your (laughs) own time, just—I mean, it is. I mean, you have to like—it is such knowledge, so I can't.
3: Yeah, it's like I can't—I can't even handle it. And then what's
0: going to my mind is this is the parameters by which God has His relationship,
3: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: right? Like, He knows everything infinitely about you and then some more. Yeah. Right. Right. And then that is also the parameter of which a biblical sexual relationship Mm -hmm. should exist in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Rather than what we looked at last week, like, oh, I'm hungry, I eat. I am (laughs) then I, (laughs) 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 you know, it's that's just a lot more superficial Mm -hmm. and a lot more mundane and and not this. But you know,
2: those mundane things become significant because I remember passing on things about my wife, right? If we part ways and someone's like, oh, I wanna do this for Candace, And all of a sudden, what do I find myself remembering mundane things? Oh, she doesn't really like it like this. She prefers tea with you know, milk and she likes it to steep for at least a few minutes. And you're like, this is her favorite mug, right? So all of a sudden you start rattling off All these things that you understand and know about this person Mm -hmm. that you didn't realize you were taking in Mm -hmm. because of that that love motivated that interest Mm -hmm. and it's weird to say that when it's exposed to someone else all of a sudden I start realizing all the little things that will remind me of my wife, right? In any situation, like I walk into a hotel, no matter where I am, or (laughs) I automatically take off my shoes because I could hear my wife's voice in my head, take off your shoes. Like (laughs) it's dirty where you've been walking. Like when I go to my hotel, I don't get under my, you know, on my bed with my outside clothes on. Like these are things that you start realizing that God is saying, I understand those things about you Mm -hmm. and he will unpack all of that and that brings intensity to intimacy Mm -hmm. to know that you are understood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. i just wanted to um just looking at the chapter as a whole you know like you have verse one. It starts with "You have searched me and known me," and you go to the end, verse twenty-three. It says, "Search Three. me, O God." Verse twenty-three in the same chapter: "Search me, O God, and know my heart." Like when you think about mm-hmm. it, and if you study the chapter, it's kind of like a chiasm. Kind of like a you've got two endpoints that are like the same, and then you kind of go through, and there are similar ideas throughout the chapter. And mm-hmm. kind of the pinnacle of it is in verse thirteen. Okay,
0: thirteen and, is yeah, the 13 pinnacle and of the of the of the, of the chiasm. here, <laughs> like, my- guys, this is the uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: like the height of it, after, you know, God has searched you, he knows all these things about you. And this is what the experience comes to. He says, you formed my inward parts, covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you mm. for I am fearfully and mm. wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. He's been talking about God's knowledge of him. and he says, What this reveals to me, what I know from this mm. is that... God you're so amazing oh, you know powerful. and yeah. and this the intimacy i guess of, of God's knowledge of us and God coming to us in that close way mm-hmm. what it actually results in is is i guess praise and honor to and and even a, a an appreciation of who we are mm-hmm. as he formed us and what he te- intended for us to be i'm fearfully and wonderfully made mm-hmm. and only in this context only in the context of understanding who we are in the light of how God knows us, Mm -hmm. can we have the freedom then to interact with somebody else at a vulnerable level Mm -hmm. in the way that God interacts with us vulnerably? Mm -hmm. Because now I realize, God is the one who formed me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Not I make mistakes and etc. But look at who God is, how He knows me, and how He treats me, and that gives me confidence in my interaction now with other people. That's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This 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 vulnerability it seems to be uh, and the main ingredient for love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to look at it in a, in a couple other lessons, uh, other episodes in the future. But there are different kinds of loves out there. There's yeah. parental love. There's friendship love. There's buddy buddy love. There's.
3: Uh, <laughs> I like your definition. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, <laughs> there's all these loves, but then there's also sexual love, right? Mm-hmm. Intimate, mm-hmm. F- intimate physical love, um, and it's as if that that vulnerability is needed in all those levels, 100%. in different different shapes. Obviously, you know, like Sebastian and I, I don't want to have the same vulnerability with him as I do with my wife, right? Mm-hmm. But all those if you kind of take all those together kind of like a rope that has all these different mm. different fibers kind of really reveals the love of God in a sense' They're all right. these little yeah. vignettes the love of God can't be reproduced into human beings so he needs to have these different relationships right and of the which of, of which I think the the sexual uh, relationship and intimacy is one of the the deepest one of the most profound, one, one that we yeah. really don't understand mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, we've been looking at this concept of vulnerability, and we really need this in our society today. We want to encourage you to go to InverseBible.org, and you can download the Bible study on bi- principles of biblical sexuality, sexual design, and study the Bible with us. And as you have witnessed, we've looked at Psalms 139 and Genesis 3. It's not just theory, but we need this in our practical lives today. We're so glad that you decided to join us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse as we continue our topic on sexual intimacy. God bless you guys.